uh, thankfulness for what God has done here at Redeeming Love, uh, overwhelmed with thankfulness for all of you. And uh, even as we were in worship and I was looking around, as I, as I often do, just to get a sense of what God's doing, uh, different people, different ones, different people who are even seated here, you caught my eye and God just gave me overwhelming thankfulness for each one of you. So thank you so much. Thank you to all of you who are the, the body of Redeeming Love. Uh, just so grateful. I'm, it's such a privilege uh, to be able to uh, be here, to, to pastor you guys, to lead you guys, to encourage you guys. Uh, what I say on a Sunday by way of encouragement, it's just to encourage you to run harder after God. Uh, never is it ever any judgment, but I'm just so grateful for everything. Uh, so grateful for this worship team. You guys are amazing. So grateful for our children's church team. So grateful for our ushers. So grateful for uh, these guys in the back that never get any credit, who never get any spotlight. So grateful for uh, so much that goes on behind the scenes that, you know, makes the church what it is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. During this time of thankfulness and appreciation, I just want to make sure that I'm being thankful for what God has done. That God has done an awesome thing here at Redeeming Love, and he's about to do something even greater. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to continue in our Scripture Possible series today, walking out some of the hard sayings of God. And this is a, a key scripture where, we're, where, I, where I'm inspired and I'm jumping off. Jesus, as he begins to speak to his disciples about pruning in, in John 15, he says, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. And so what that means is that if we take this word and we actually live it out and we make it part of who we are, we become clean in the eyes of Jesus. Amen. So all we've got to do is obey the word and we're good. Seems simple. But as we've already discussed, there's some pretty hard, some pretty hard uh, text out there. There's some pretty hard scriptures that just, you, you read them and you're like, oh, it doesn't set well with me. So we've got another one today. Here we go. Let's go. Luke 9, 23. Then he said to them, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And so the title of today's message is live selfless. And so we are encouraged to live selflessly. Okay. Okay. That seems pretty simple until it's not, right? We're like, okay, I'll live selflessly, right? And then a year goes by and we check ourselves and we're like, wow, I'm really, really selfish. So we fix that. And then, you know, another couple years goes by and we check ourselves again. And man, I'm still, I still have these selfish tendencies. And then 20 years goes by and we check ourselves again. And we're like, man, I've still got selfish tendencies. You know, it's selfishness is this thing that we continually have to work out in our life. It's something that we have to continually deal with. And just when you think you've figured it out and you're no longer selfish, it has the audacity to come back. It has the audacity to come back in a different way, to, to rise up in some other area where you've never struggled with selfishness before. Listen, am I the only one or am I, am I speaking to the choir? Am I, am I the only one here? Right? We all feel this way, right? Oh, yeah. uh, just when you think it, just when you think it's over, here it comes again. By nature, we all want to be self-preserving, right? It's, 
we want to be, we want to take care of ourselves. We have to. We we need to take care of ourselves. There's something in our human nature, in our flesh, where we have to, right? And we do. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't. But what happens is this 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 idea that begins as self-preservation that we take care of ourselves suddenly it it. It, ri- it rises up on the inside of us and it becomes something greater and it becomes something twisted. And then all of a sudden we become selfish rather than just self-preserving. There is a difference. Selfishness, when it is full grown, it can become uh, grieve or greed or avarice or envy, which is covetousness. Uh, whereas lust, gluttony, anger, and sloth all begin in selfishness. See, there's some sins that are the result of being selfish, for a period of time. And then there's other sins that are born from selfishness. Does that make sense? Either way, all sin, virtually all sin, all sin has its roots in selfishness. Why do we sin? Because of self. Why did, why did, Abel, why did Cain sin and kill Abel? Because he was jealous. Mine, mine, my, 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 my offering. My, 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 my offering wasn't as good as his. Jesus. Why did, why did, we'll go back to the first, why did Adam, why did Eve eat of the tree? Because I can be like God. That's what the enemy told her. It always comes back to self. If we were to love others as Jesus did, we would put others' needs before our own. This is, what, this is what is at the root of selfishness. See, when we're selfish, we put our needs above others. But when we become selfless, we put others' needs before ours. And this is really the key. And this is what Jesus told us to do is love others as I have loved you. And how did Jesus love us? Greater love has no one than this than to lay down his life for his friends. And that's exactly the way that Jesus loved us. And so this is the way that we're to love others. We don't get to pick and choose how we love others. Jesus said, love other people the same way that I loved you. We read the scripture some time ago where Jesus got the news of John the Baptist and he sought to for some time by himself so that he could mourn the loss of his cousin. And as he went to make his way up the hill, the people found him. And it says that Jesus was moved with compassion and he, and he prayed for them and he healed them all. There was a great multitude and he took the time to pray for them and to heal them all. Listen, I don't know how many is in a great multitude, probably a couple thousand. I know that, you know, even just praying for a hundred people can take some time. He was probably there for a few hours. He wanted to go, he wanted within himself to go and be away, but he saw the need and he put others' needs before his own. Now he finished praying for people. He finished healing everybody that came. And then he went and he had some time by himself. This is Jesus always looking out for others. Living, self, living a selfless life and putting others' needs before our own is a lifestyle that is deeply satisfying to our spirit and to our soul. Let me say that again. Living a selfless lifestyle and putting others' needs before our own is deeply satisfying to our spirit and to our soul. See, we run around because of our 
natural man because of our flesh. And there's things that we desire to do in our flesh. There's things that we desire, selfishness most times. We're trying to satisfy the flesh. We're trying to satisfy the natural man. But when we put down that natural tendency and we give up our selfishness and we put others' needs first, it satisfies the deep longing in our soul. It satisfies the deep longing in our spirit. And there is a satisfaction there that goes so far beyond the, the simple pleasures of this world. Jesus said, we'll, I'll, we'll get to that. Okay, I don't want to give it to myself. He goes on in this scripture, Luke 23, move on to 24. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? Or what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and his soul is lost? Another translation says, seek first the kingdom of God and all of these things shall be added unto you. See, there's a, there's an idea here. We can gain the whole world. We can gain everything that the world has to offer and our soul can be lost, which means it can be perished. We can go to hell. Or it also means that we can just live this secondary, low-level life where we're only satisfying the flesh. Or we can give up the things of this world and live the way that Jesus did and we begin to live on a higher plane and we begin to be satisfied in our soul and in our spirit. And then we have true life not to mention everlasting life. Amen? Amen? Seek first the kingdom of God. This is a very similar scripture to seek first the kingdom of God and all of these things will be added unto you. If we seek first the kingdom of God, if we seek first what God wants, then God will give us every single thing that we need. Every single thing that our heart, heart desires. Literally, our heart's desires will become his desires in us. And then he fulfills those desires because he wants to fulfill those desires and we're fulfilling those desires with him and for him and suddenly we can't be happier. Not everything, not everything that the world has to offer. See, seek first the kingdom of God and all of these things will be added unto you. Not everything that the world has to offer, but everything that you need will be added unto you. Philippians 2, 3 through 4. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. Let each, other, let, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interests of others. Esteeming others better than ourselves. This is the, this is the essence of humility. To, to put others above us. To think more highly of others than we do of ourselves. Humble people, I've said this before, I'll say it again, humble people are generally very happy and they're always very interested in you. If you get around a, hap, an, uh, a humble person, when you walk away from that conversation, You'll, you'll realize that they asked you a whole bunch of questions and you were able to tell a whole bunch of stories and you don't know anything about that person. You didn't learn anything about them. And so 
there's certain people that I'm with and I realize this, like they start asking me questions and I have to be humble myself and give myself, give, give a short answer. I want to give a, a good answer, but I want to give a short, and then I want to find out about them too, right? I don't want to just, I don't want it to just be one-sided. So I pay attention when I'm having a conversation. Humble people don't think less about themselves. They think about themselves less, right? And so I, I've said this before. I'll say it again, but these are very important. These are very important things, guys. I don't think less of who I am. I just think about myself less. I don't spend time thinking about me. I don't spend time thinking about what I, what I think or what I need or what I want. I, was, I had an opportunity. I sat with a, with a guy, um, nobody from this church, and uh, he said something very interesting. He said, I, I, he said, I realize I don't do anything for me. I don't, I don't do anything that I want to do. Right? He goes to work, comes home, does this, does that, blah, 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 whatever. And he, and he said, I, don't, I realize I don't have any activities that I like to do. I don't, I don't go hunting. I don't go fishing. I don't on and on and on, right? Whatever it was that we would all like to do with free time, he doesn't do any of those things. And I, and I thought, I sat there and I thought for a second, and I was like, wow. I see, somebody says something, I, and I'm a processor. I process things. And I thought, geez, I get, I get a bit of time to do things that I want. I've never really thought about it, but I do. And then he didn't not, <laughs> hang on a second. He didn't, he wasn't not able to do these things because uh, he didn't, he didn't want to do them. He just wasn't able to do them because time didn't allow, because something was off, because something wasn't right. Whereas I didn't, I've never really thought like, oh, hey, I want to, make time in my schedule to go hiking, to go here, to go there. I've never, that's never been a thought of mine. But what's happened over the past 20 years is that I've, as, we've, as I've continued to put God first and put others first and seek out ways that I can serve others, God's continued to give me more and more time to myself, time to spend with him. And suddenly I'm spending time hiking and doing all of the things that I'd love to do. And as I'm sitting here with this man who's telling me that, he never gets to do anything that he wants to do. I felt really guilty because I find that I do quite a bit of what I want to do. Follow me? And I'm like, man, how did I get here? How can I help this man? And so we talk and we share and we say that. Let each of you, second part of the scripture, verse four, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Once we have our needs met, needs met, not wants. We should look to help others. We should look for the, to help others in any way possible. There's all kinds of ways that we can be helping people. From the angel tree to, to beyond that, to, you know, making meals for your neighbors to, right, there's endless amounts of ways that we can help people. But as soon, when, once we get our needs met, once we're satisfied, we should really begin to look for, to help others. Because what happens is once our needs met, if we continue to look for more and more stuff, then what happens is we have to spend more and more time taking care of our more and more stuff. In Corinthians, when it talks about uh, God gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater, but let us all give. And then he will, it says, the, the scripture says, and he will increase 
our seed, right? It doesn't say that he'll increase our bread because you can only eat so much bread. So why would he need to give you more? But if he increases your seed, then you can give more seed away. The more you have, the more you have to take care of. But here's the beauty is that once you, once you've figured it out, once you've gotten what you needed to get and you help someone else to get what they need to get, now there's that joy to your soul. There's that joy to your soul. There's that satisfaction in your spirit that nothing else can do because you've helped someone else. Look not only to the, your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Jesus. James three fifteen, and I think we're going to read through verse 18. It says, for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever, wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every kind of evil. Every kind of evil. Wow. It's pretty intense. Selfishness is not God's wisdom. And as a matter of fact, such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Quite a warning. I love James. He's just, James just like, right? He just lays it straight. There's no second guessing here. This is not good. Selfishness is not good. It's got to go. God's wisdom. God's wisdom. Let's stop for a minute. God's wisdom. Golden rule. God's golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, right? What's the world's golden rule? The world's golden rule. He who has the gold makes the rules. <laughs> Crazy. We need to embrace the kingdom of God. We need to seek first the kingdom of God. We need to hear about the kingdom of God. We need to get the kingdom of God in our life and walk it out and help deliver the kingdom of God to everyone else. This is our job. This is our mandate as Christians. Seek the kingdom of God, find the kingdom of God, plug into the kingdom of God, and then deliver it to somebody who doesn't yet walk in the kingdom of God and help them to walk in the kingdom of God. This is what we do. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every kind of evil. Selfishness always leads to sin. Selfishness always leads to sin every time. We just read um, The Real Faith by Charles Price. It's one of the books that we read for the Healing Small Group. And in the, in the book, he says, at the end of self, God is waiting. When we get to the end of ourself, when we get to the end of what we can do, when we get to the end of looking out for our own interests, God is waiting. God is waiting for us every single time. And God is ready to pour out a blessing, to pour out those things that we can't get anywhere else. We've got to come to the end of self. We've got to come to the end of ourselves. We've got to come to the end of ourselves and we've got to come to the end of selfishness. We've got to get it out. And when we get that out, God comes, God moves. It opens the door for him to move. When I realize that I can't do it in my own strength, 
then I have to rely on his strength. When I realize that I can't make a way, I have to wait for him who is the way maker. I have to look to him. He is the light in the darkness. He is always working. He is always moving. He's always working on our behalf. It's glorious. James 4, 2, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires that war in your members, your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and you do not have, you murder and covet and you cannot obtain. You fight and you war, you do not have because you do not ask. Where do these fights and wars that we have come from? And so, right, we could talk about wars like, real. what about like, little family fights? What about the little fight with your coworker that you got, you just stop talking to one another? What about the fight with the person that's driving in the car next to you, right? We fight these little internal fight battles with people all around us every single day, right? Where does, where do these wars and these fights within our flesh come from? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure? I should be first as I'm driving my car. I should be the first one to get the coffee cup. I should be at work. I should be, you know, the son that the father wants to bless with the um, whatever it is. It comes back to selfishness. They come from your desires for pleasures that war in your members. You lust and you covet, you do not have. You fight and you are yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. How many times have we done this? I know I've done this. We ask God for something and we're like, this is a good prayer. God, you're going to answer this prayer. Like this is, come on. And then, you know, sometimes goes, some time goes by three months, six months. We've been praying this prayer. And then God in his mercy just begins to reveal to us that prayer that you've been praying for this. It's all because you want to be seen. It's because you want this. It's because you want that. We always have to bring our prayers and lay them at the feet of the cross and say, God, is this prayer a prayer that you would have me pray? God, is this a prayer? Is this thing that I'm praying for? Is this something that you want in my life? And we have to be willing that the answer might be no. Don't ask the question if you're not ready for the answer to be no. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses. James pretty strong with his language here. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have friends in the world. We should. And we should have acquaintances with people who don't know Christ. If you don't have at least one or two or three friends that don't know Jesus, you need to go find another group of friends. Seriously. Seriously. All of our friends, as Christians, all of our friends should not be Christians. If all of your friends are Christians, where are you going to preach the gospel? Who are you going to tell about Jesus? This is part of our mission and our mandate to go and tell people about Jesus. And it's not enough to just tell strangers. 
We should be looking for groups of friends. Maybe you'd pick up a new activity. Maybe you pick up a new hobby. Take up sailing or hiking or fishing or anything, kayaking, whatever it is you don't love to do. Find something you want to do. Biking. I don't know. There's millions of things to do. All these things. It's horribly hard during COVID, right? Who cares? Just do it anyways. Learn to ride the bike now. And then once COVID's over, you'll find a group, you can join the group, and you can just start to share God with them. You don't have to preach the gospel like, hey, I'm here to tell you about Jesus. No, you go in and you, you, you live a life where they're saying, hey, there's something different about you. And then you tell them, it's Jesus. It's Jesus in me. It's Jesus in me that you see. Friendship with the world, to love the world's ways, to want everything that the world has to offer makes you an enemy of God. Makes you an enemy of God. And so what is the answer? The answer is love. Love covers over a multitude of sins. How do we get rid of selfishness in our lives? We love the way that Jesus loved. Jesus loved, and Jesus' love was perfect. Perfect love casts out all fear. Casts out all fear. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, you guys are familiar with this scripture. Love suffers long or is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own. Love is not selfish. Love is not provoked. Love thinks no evil. Love thinks no evil. There's a hard scripture for you. Think no evil, guys. Oh, that's a hard one. (laughs) Something happens, I'm watching the news, and I'm like, oh, right? You have this evil thought. Think no evil. Think no evil. It doesn't even say don't do evil. It just says don't think it. Jesus, I have some ways to go. Help me. Love does not rejoice in iniquity. How many times are we watching a movie, right? And the bad guy and the good guy and the good guy finishes off the bad guy. And we're like, yeah. Are we rejoicing in iniquity? Love rejoices in the truth. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't want justice, but you just balance it, balance in all things. Love bears all things. Love rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hope all, hopes all things. Love endures all things. Paul says this, he says, all of the commandments are summed up in this. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of them. This is fantastic. If we can love the way that Jesus loves, we are sure to get selfishness out of our lives. And so it's not always that easy. Like I said, you know, we do it and we come back and we realize, well, geez, I guess I got a ways ways more to go. And so, you know, what I have on the Engage card this week is identify selfishness in my life. And so one of the things that we have to do if we're going to get rid of selfishness in our lives is we have to identify where we're selfish. Where am I selfish? 
Am I selfish because I pour myself the first cup of coffee? Should I pour the first cup of coffee for my wife instead? Am I selfish because, right? And I'm not saying we need to be crazy about it, but we should always be open to where we might be at least a little bit selfish. And so if we're this week, if we take and we just identify, take some time as we walk through the week this week and we make decisions regarding what we need to do, ask ourselves, am I being selfish? Now, you know, someone might work at a place and you might have the luxury of skipping the line to get into work, right? You've got a fast track because you're a higher position. That's not being selfish. You have a more important position. You have more important work that needs to be done. So they may have a fast track to get you in. Maybe they don't have that. Maybe it aggravates you that they don't have that. Maybe you're selfish because you want that and they don't, it's not there. And so pray about it. Ask God, God, is this, am I selfish because I want this? Listen, we're supposed to have every blessing, but where are we being selfish? And then the other thing that we can do is to consider others, others' needs first. There's a pot of coffee. I keep coming back to the coffee because I, I don't know. Why not? Why not? It's good. Coffee's good. And so there's a pot of coffee. There's one cup left. So we run up to the pot. We see somebody else coming. Do we pour it quickly for ourselves or do we wait and offer it to the person coming? Consider, I know, we all pour it real quick for ourselves, right? Oh, oh I, guess, I guess you're going to have to make another pot. I didn't think it was that funny. We do this with the coffee. We do this with the cookies. We do this with all the dessert, all the goodies, all the food, all the, all the rest of everything. Considers others, consider others' needs first. When you just start to put others' needs before yours, selfishness has to go. Now, if you do it with the wrong heart and wrong motive, you'll, you'll work bitterness in yourself. <laughs> so be careful. If you just go out and you just jump in and you're like, I'm just going to put others' needs first, and you do it, and you do it for like three months, six months, and you've, you've, right, you're that person that's just, I'm just going to do it. And for three to six months, all you do is just put other person's needs first, and you don't ever see the reward. There is a reward, but if you don't see the reward, bitterness will grow. I'll guarantee it. But if we do it with the right heart, love, bitterness can't grow there. Bitterness can't grow there. It can't grow there. So when we seek to meet others' needs first, when we seek, consider other person's needs first, let us do it with an attitude of love. See, we have to remember that love in its first and foremost position means to provide and to provide for and to protect. It's an interesting definition of love, right? I love my family. I provide for my family and I protect my family. I love all of you in this church. I provide for all of you through spiritual needs and I protect all of you through prayers and through spiritual such and such. So there's a, a providing for and a protection over, right? It's a very interesting aspect of love. We think love so many times it's an emotional thing. Let's begin with walking it out, giving of ourselves for others. It's a privilege to be able to provide for and take care of my family. Amen? Father, in Jesus' name, 
God, I pray that this week, God, that as we walk this out, God, that you will just help us to live selflessly. God, we thank you for this uh, scripture where you call us to deny ourselves, to take up our cross and to follow you. And God, we pray that you would help us to walk it out this week, that we would put others' needs first. God, that we would love the way that you love. And God, that we would see your glory, that we would sense your satisfaction and that God, we'd be satisfied in our spirit. God, we thank you for what you're doing and we give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today and uh, you've never made Jesus Christ, or if you're watching online and you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to do that today. See, we're all sinners. Every one of us, seven billion people on the planet, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And all of us have lost the ability to have a relationship with God. But Jesus, God in his infinite mercy, sent Jesus to come to live a sinless life, to die upon the cross so that our sins can be forgiven, so that we could have relationship with him here and now, and that we can live forever in heaven with him and have eternal life. If you've never made that decision before, I want to invite you to do that today. I'll ask you to say this prayer with me. Jesus, I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of my sin to come and live inside my heart, to guide me and help me to live for you all of the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.